Welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast, where we have conversations with social entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and ordinary people who are achieving extraordinary results. And now, here is your host, Shristi Gajarel. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Grid Podcast. I am so, so excited for today's episode because I have an absolute rock star, Punu Wasu. So I came across Punu's work because, um, as some of you might know, I've been living in Bali for a month and a half. And during my time in Bali, I spent a month in this place called Yoga Barn doing yoga and meditation. And I came across so many incredible people, so many incredible teachers. And one of those teachers was Punu Wasu. So I took Punu's class and it absolutely transformed me. And I talked to him after class and I was so inspired by his story from being a businessman starting his career as a businessman to becoming one of the world-class healer in one of the best yoga studios in the world so I knew it was my responsibility to share his story with my listeners so I asked him if he'll be kind enough to share his story and he said yes and I had an awesome conversation with him so guys Punu has definitely inspired me to be more in tune with myself and more in tune with my divine and I really really hope he inspires you as well so without further ado Punu Wasu everyone. Punu thank you so much for doing this podcast it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. (laughs) So I did a class with you at Yoga Barn and I absolutely loved it and like a few of my friends were doing the class as well and they were like, oh, you should ha- definitely have him for your podcast because I feel like you have so much more than uh, what people see. So I just wanted to know if you want to give us a little background about how you got into yoga, meditation and healing and uh, just a little background about yourself. Right. So yoga I got into when I was age 17, the asanas. Mm-hmm. But I was in bhakti yoga since birth. So, so your dad was My dad yeah. uh, was in Bhakti Yoga, he's a Kirtan singer. Mm-hmm. He used to be a businessman, but he quit his business and entered into Kirtan wow. life. And uh, since uh, my birth, I've been, you know, born and brought up in the temples because that time uh, our family used to live in temples. So, oh. yeah, so every morning and evening ritual was to do the Kirtan you know, so at the age of five, I started sitting with my dad and, you know, traveling with him in my, you know, vacation time and was doing kirtan every day. So most people who have parents who are doing like, you know, um, meditation or yoga, they feel obligated to do it. But with your dad, he wanted you to be a businessman. So like, how was it convincing him that you actually wanted to follow his path and do something that he was doing? that time I didn't want to follow his path. You had to be a rebel. <laughs> I want, yeah, I was a rebel and I really wanted to figure it out what was the best. But I was following his dream about being a businessman because he saw a few things that were not right in the, uh, you know, so-called spiritual or religious. Mm-hmm. There were like um, uh, the temples that we were living in so there was lots of politics there Mm. so he didn't want it um um, us children to go through all that that he has gone through so he wanted me and my brother to be businessmen and um uh, of course uh, so 
we followed his path all of us how was and i believe like you did study business and you did business for a couple of years how was it being a businessman like i don't see you as a businessman because i've yeah. taken your class and you know i think i after researching you know you a little bit more but how was it doing something that you were not born to do in a way yeah so i was convinced with the idea of my father to to be a businessman because i said okay if, you know i didn't knew that time mm-hmm. what's uh, right what's wrong what to do so i followed his dream um in fact before going entering into business after finishing my college i traveled all over india doing kirtan with another kirtan singer who mm-hmm. was quite uh, well known in india mm-hmm. and uh, abroad in the sikh tradition so um, i used to travel with him uh, i traveled with him for almost one and a half year okay. all over india doing kirtan and then um, i got an offer in philippines for working for a company import and export and um, I worked there for nine months, and then they promoted me to Moscow, Russia. And well, that's the first time when I encountered myself wearing a suit, wearing a tie, and uh, uh, taking a briefcase and going for appointments. You know, uh, getting clients. Oh. So it was like uh, on the streets of Moscow, <laughs> uh, calling business. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, companies for mm-hmm. for the product the garments that mm-hmm. we were selling oh, from wow. philippines and hong kong and india how was that experience um it was it was actually very good it was um tough and um lots of um, knowledge that i could grasp mm. yeah so you know what i like about your story and i think the reason i thought my audience which are mostly millennials in the united states or europe could relate to was because you were someone who knew that your passion was singing your passion was meditation yoga and the whole holistic lifestyle right. yet you were trapped into this corporate world and you knew you didn't belong in that corporate world because your passion was so much more and in a way you felt confused like how do i make money doing all this thing that you know like i'm passionate about and um and in a way you knew like you're not a businessman how did you transition from a businessman to who you are now and how did you create this whole thing at yoga barn yeah so at that time i didn't knew that i will be a businessman or i'll be a healer or a singer or a, um, you know a yogi or a meditation teacher uh that time i was just going with the flow and internally i knew i was not happy mm-hmm. but i i had no other way to do i was just following mm-hmm. the flow um the beauty what happened in russia when i was living there i used to go do meditations a in lot russia? of meditations yeah. in moscow um every weekend i used to hang out i had lots of friends mm-hmm. russian very nice people and uh, some of my friends uh, one weekend they told me hey there is this uh, reiki teacher from the united states and she's doing the reiki level 1 at that time it was two days mm-hmm. course so i didn't knew anything about reiki so i said yeah sure why not you know i'm free this mm-hmm. weekend let's do so that's how uh, it all started i think it was 1995 mm-hmm. when i took up my first um uh, reiki level 1 okay. 
Um, of course, I was doing Kirtan. At, uh, in Moscow, I couldn't do Kirtan mm-hmm. because of the uh, hectic schedule of, um, of uh, business. Mm-hmm. I uh, was working almost 16 hours a day. And um, then I came into Reiki and then practiced a little bit. But then after two years spending in Moscow, I came back to Philippines. Um, started a new company there. Followed the, again the dream of uh, doing businessman. Um, I started a company financing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It was like... Um, um, what do you call this term? Uh, microfinancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So helping the small scale industries um, uh, personally, you know, doing this business. And I was really, really not happy with this business. Um, at that time, I said, no, this is. But still, <laughs> I didn't know other. So what I was doing there in Philippines, daytime, I was doing the business. Mm-hmm. Nighttime, I was following my passion, doing music. You know. And then <clears throat> I also formed a yoga center in Philippines. Oh. It was called Shalimar Yoga Center. And for one and a half year, uh, I was teaching yoga there, oh. Hatha Yoga. Yeah. So that was uh, following the passion. So in that center, that was a beautiful center. Um, quite, a, quite a big, uh, um, we had a uh, following and uh, gathering. So we used to do also events like um, Kirtan, um, live uh, music uh, my brother who is also a musician so um, we used to organize events mm-hmm. not only that but uh, you know lots of events so this was our passion aside from business we were following our passion at the time so I think so. most the problem with most millennials are like oh I want to find my passion or I want to I want something to just come up to me and like just change my life but like I, you know, I've interviewed like almost 50 people and what I've learned is that most of the time people who are successful or people are li- who are living their dream, they were following their passion while having a full-time job or they were still doing things that they absolutely loved while they were working in corporate America or something and that thing eventually took off, right? So right. that's exactly what happened. Exactly, that what, that's what happened with me also. Um, I would say uh, the credit goes to the divine because... Um, you know, it's, it was all uh, beautifully planned and uh, I can clearly see the divine intervention coming into all those uh, things that I was studying for so many years, different modalities of healing, uh, music and um, doing all these events actually led me to, um, I was invited in Thailand in Koh Samui in uh, a yoga center to do Kirtan mm-hmm. and that's where I met two yogis. Uh, from Bali and they invited me to Bali mm. and when I came to Bali everything changed so, what about Bali? Uh, it, everything about Bali <laughs> it's like uh, the people, the, the air the the rituals, the prayers the chants and you know it's uh, so much um, close to my heart because um, I feel um, Bali and India are so connected mm-hmm. you know and uh, for me, I just felt at home here. So that time I was living in Philippines, still doing the business. Mm-hmm. After two months, um, uh, when I first came in 2009 in Bali, after two months I quit everything and I moved to Bali. So Bali was that turning point? Yeah, Bali was the turning point. Yeah. 
So, you know, like I like watched some of your videos on YouTube and you said like when you were five or six, you had dreams about healing people or you knew that right. you wanted to be a healer and you're someone who's very intuitive and, you know, like it looks like you're very in tune with yourself. So for people like me who have no dream about what they want to do or like people like, you know, who have no idea what their purpose is, how would you like, what would you suggest us so we could be more in tune with ourselves as well? So, yeah, listening to your intuitions, it's, it's quite difficult because um, at that time I was also not listening to it, but I was having these visions. Um, <clears throat> so this was actually in teenage time. So I used to see myself doing the work, uh, what I'm doing now. Were you dreaming about it? Or? No, it, the visions used to come. Just like? Just, just um, even sometimes in daytime, sometimes in dreams, something like that. So one time I was doing the work in Yogaban at um, the other place where uh, I had the room. So suddenly that uh, vision came back, which I had seen mm -hmm. in teenage. So that was um, quite, um, yeah, profound. Yeah. yeah, profound. Um, the the beauty here is um, uh, what I would like to add in for the millennials. Yeah is um, whatever uh, whatever you're doing as long as you are enjoying it as long as you are having fun so let's say what happens with me when I'm performing or uh, mm -hmm. doing Kirtan internally I'm so joyful mm -hmm. I'm so happy that uh, it even if physically the body is tired it's just the joy takes over mm -hmm. You know, and after Kirtan, I just feel uh, super ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Same is with this work, you know, like uh, the holistic work that I'm doing. It just gives me so much joy to to be for somebody, to hold space, to to share the work. Of course, the healing is done by the divine only, and mm -hmm. just holding space and uh, you know being a conduit to it. Um, but it gives me so much joy to do this work. When you talk about divine, like. How can one be more in tune with the divine or be more connected? What do you do to have that relationship or what do you do on a daily basis to have that relationship stronger and stronger? Internal communi uh, communication. So the divine is the most closer one can get to the divine is the inner dweller, the antaryamin, which is the witnesser, which is witnessing everything. Whatever is happening, whatever we are speaking, whatever we are seeing, whatever we are eating, whatever the witnesser is watching. That is the inner dweller, which is whatever name you would like to give. So keeping in touch with that, bringing more and more awareness. The light that shines through each and every one. So for example, right now I'm speaking. Um, who is speaking? It's only the divine speaking. Who is listening? Only the divine is listening because... Otherwise, we this body doesn't have the power. Mm. You know, if, if that divinity goes out or that soul or whatever you call it, this body doesn't have the power to speak or to see or to listen or to do anything. So, um, in my journey of um, doing uh, meditations and studying with so many different teachers, 
what i have come across uh, through the vanas university is um these 11 teachings which are very profound also these are actually universal teachings mm-hmm. but um, i got in touch with uh, through the vanas uh, which i would like to share this might uh, you know um invoke some uh internal curiosity curiosity mm-hmm. and to work on it the first teaching says that thoughts are not mine mm. <clears throat> mind is not mine this body is not mine all things are happening automatically there is thinking but no thinker there is seeing but no seer there is doing but no doer there is listening but no listener i as a person do not exist i am love the whole world is a family so these are the 11 profound teachings which actually um it's in the gnosis it's very difficult to explain how do i understand this it's just there and it totally resonates with my being sometimes it's difficult to explain but it totally resonates you know and i see many times that actually yes everything is happening automatically you know you said it so easily and calmly but i feel like i need to spend at least like a couple of months on one teaching to actually understand it because it sounds so simple but it's not like yeah it takes it takes uh, lots of studies you know um, also openness and the uh, another thing which has uh, helped me is inner integrity being totally integral what does that mean uh, so let's say if there is something going on inside yeah um, being totally aware let's say if there is anger frustration guilt shame hurt joy excitement whatever it is being totally aware of okay this is what i'm going through observing and not fighting it. observing and not fighting with it because what happens is normally whenever we are angry we don't like it <laughs> you know and we try to suppress it mm-hmm. no being with it yeah being totally with whatever is going on this has helped me in my personal journey that's meditation that's yeah that's meditating that's being totally aware okay this is what i'm going through right now i'm going to stay with it So even if you go through a really really bad situation instead of judging it you absorb it and not react to it and you could be going through something so beautiful instead of craving that feeling you just observe it and don't get attached to it so no matter what happens just observe and don't react Sometimes I do respond you know mm-hmm. so the thing the difference here is we have a choice whether we react to a situation or we respond to a situation so of course reacting let's say uh, someone you know speaks something and i get angry and then i get ang- uh, you know uh, speak hard words with mm-hmm. them so of course they'll feel bad mm-hmm. i'll feel bad also mm-hmm. so instead of that i will see where is the thing that is coming uh, from that person you know i try to understand um and ask the help of the divine because sometimes it's very difficult for uh, um individual to understand what actually is going on you know so your higher self which is not separate from you so keeping in touch with it okay some situations come very difficult very hard situations and you don't know how to handle you surrender 
that helplessness actually brings in the divine and um, everything mm. happens like a um, like a coincidence or a, or a happening you meet people you you know let's say you want something or you want to do something or um, suddenly as you are connected with the, that antaryamin with the inner dweller things will align automatically you'll meet people you will uh, you know um, things will happen start happening for you um, I don't say that don't do anything mm-hmm. no 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 we definitely have to put in strong intent we have to put effort it's not that you know there's a saying that God helps those those who help themselves yep. so we got to put we have to execute we have to initiate um, plans and then yeah like with your life you knew you wanted to do something with healing but you really didn't know what exactly you wanted to do so instead of just hating your job you went out and did kirtan at nighttime and you learned you know like yoga classes and you were putting in the effort and when you were least expecting it opportunities started to come right yeah yeah absolutely and you know like what i find with most people is that you'll ask them, oh, what do you want to do? They're like, I don't know. I don't know. And the answer is, I don't know. So how do you get over that I don't know? And So they can change it to, I'm figuring it out. You know, I, as of now, I don't know. But um, time will reveal it. Mm. At that time, I also didn't know what I'm going to do. So I'm sure you went through some... But I didn't say, I don't know. Or I, I don't even remember right now what my response would have been. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, but I'm sure you went through some time when you were like frustrated and you came to your room at night and you were just like, what am I doing with my life? Or I feel like my purpose is more than what I'm doing right now. And you feel so stuck and you don't see the road at the end of the tunnel, but you have to keep moving forward to yeah. see that road. So what did you tell yourself to keep going and not losing hope or not giving up? Yeah. That's a beautiful question because this is my life has been uh, since my childhood and my teenage. I have been communicating with the divine. I have been asking the divine to show me the right path, to take me to the right track because I didn't know. So I was communicating with the divine and asking, um, I'm lost. Please show me the path. Do you do communicate every day? Almost. Okay. So it's like in a form of prayer, you would communicate and do you like meditate to listen to that or? I communicate with the divine as I'm talking to you. So for me, it's not like uh, to go to a church or a, or a temple or a mosque or to do that. Yeah, just sitting here, it's, yeah, it, it just happens. So with communication, how important is to believe that the divine will deliver or give you an answer? <laughs> Trust, faith. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it happens, it happens. So in your, like, in your Oneness Awakening course, you talk about uh, taking responsibility instead of blaming. Right? How important is to take responsibility and how can people change their mindset about, you know, is it being someone who takes responsibility instead of being a victim? Right. So I can talk about my personal experience because... I wanted to do engineering, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to enroll in university, but my parents didn't have money. 
or that. So I saw the situation and um, I couldn't uh, enroll myself in university. So I took the full responsibility. Okay, this is not happening. I'll do something which, uh, you know. Yeah. So after finishing my uh, junior college, I joined uh, this uh, Kirtan band and I traveled. And I continued to follow my passion. And uh, that's how the, the ball kept on rolling. And uh, so instead of blaming my parents, oh, they didn't do mm. this for me, I took full responsibility for that. Changes so, their life, right? Sorry? It just changes everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it just changes um, everything in your life and uh, your way of seeing things. So I, I also give an example in this Vanessa Everything course about um, uh, drummer Rick Allen. Um, the drummer from the band Def Leppard. So he's a living example to the world. Uh, in the peak of his popularity of the band in 1980s, he was uh, driving a car and um, uh, the car rolled down a, a steep hill and um, the, the belt came undone. So one of his arms remained and his girlfriend was also in the car so he was thrown out of the car so he was in hospital and uh, the doctors told him Rick you can't play drums anymore that was a bad situation mm -hmm. so there were two uh, responses that came in front of uh, Rick the first response was to blame mm -hmm. you know blame fate God or um, you know whatever situation of his life that he might have been going through that time or he was trying to speed up the car and the other person the other car didn't give him the mm -hmm. to overtake and whatever so that was the first response came mm -hmm. you know stood in front of him uh, the second response was when he came back home he saw that okay this is a bad situation i lost one of my arm um, so he took full responsibility he designed a custom kit where he could play with uh, both the feet and yeah. with one arm and within one year he was back in the same band and he's an inspiration to the whole world wow so taking responsibility you know uh, situations come in everybody's life everyone is um, going through something or other <clears throat> it it is our perception it is how we think how we take uh, um, account to it are we totally responsible for whatever is happening because the other person is never responsible for our suffering. We only create our own suffering. You know, other people can knowingly and unknowingly try to create situations mm -hmm. which will, you know, aggravate your anger or, you know, something will come up. But it's our choice. How do you respond to that? I think most of the time it's the self-talk, right? And I'm sure when you're going through a hard time, your brain is your biggest enemy because it keeps telling you, oh, you're not good enough or you're not going to mess it up. And I think when you said like your mind is, your mind is not, you know, your thoughts are not you. So yeah. realizing that your thoughts are not you and actually observing and observing it and actually being able to control your mind can give you that power to, you know, live more courageous life, I think. We can't control the mind. Right now, the... <laughs> The mind is controlling us. So the moment we, we, we think, okay, I can control my mind, 
of course you know there are there is possibility you know in sikhism they say man jeete jagjeet man means mind mm. the one who wins the mind wins the whole world mm. it's possible and um, the enlightened beings have done it mm. they have proven it it's possible buddha has proven it mm-hmm. so many others have proven it yes it's possible but then it takes a lot it takes acceptance full acceptance full responsibility total integrity authenticity you know connection detachment detachment all this it it is possible but it's a work in progress it's it's like you know you got to you got to work with situations come every day every day there is a new situation which we can learn there is an opportunity and you consciously remind yourself to learn from every situation Absolutely. yeah there is no other way otherwise we skip and we lose hmm. yeah sure. and then you know the the, the beauty here is um, um we are here because of our um, accumulated karmas right mm-hmm. so these karmas are teaching us lessons and uh, until we learn our lessons yeah they are, they are just here to for us to really actually live life totally and completely and fully aware oh it's 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 like a movie you know it's like a the things will come from left right front like like the bikes in bali mm-hmm. they go from everywhere so like that situations will come and you if you are not aware enough um, my hit you big you know the mind comes in the ego comes in the greed comes in the you know um so many things sure do you have any morning routine morning routine yeah do you do anything in the morning that Do it's set for the day no i don't follow any um those kind of, i used to i used to do a lot i used to wake up to o'clock in the morning and sit in meditation 2 in the morning 2 in the morning and yeah. from 2:30 to 5 i used to do that um right now i don't do such things how many I'm, years did you do that wake up at 2 in the morning so a few years wow. few years yeah so i used to do a lot um you know when i was child when i was teenager even in youth um it has changed so what has happened is bringing awareness in every moment that's what is happening right now so it's like 24/7 meditation is continuous hmm. even as i am talking to you the meditation is there and of course it is also conscious about or oh, have to do things after this I have to do so this this is also that so it's like um you know so conscious um, but you are still thinking about the future as much as possible i'm being in this present but there is there if i have to go there i can access that information yeah <laughs> and you know in your teachings you also say that um you also teach people to deal with issues with their parents or issues with their inner self or or with their friends or with their loved ones how important is it to face issues with your loved ones to be happy it's very very important how do you teach them to yes. uh, uh 
and I had booked my Airbnb for two days. Then after I came here, I was like, I have to be here for longer. So I booked my Airbnb for a month, and I've been here for more than a month. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you some rapid-fire question. Rapid-fire? Yeah. Okay. It's like two or three books you would recommend for our listeners. Yeah. So the first one which actually started uh, my shift um, in my life through my teenage is um, Dale Carnegie's book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. Other book I would recommend is uh, Shri Guru Granth Sahib, the Sikh tradition, mm -hmm. which actually has profound teachings, which actually triggered or influenced me in my life to walk on spiritual path. Mm. The experiences of the of the masters of the enlightened beings in that book is profound, and that's the only book I find find uh, that has teachings from every tradition: Sufism, Islam, Christianity, Hinduism, and all the uh, beings at that time, you know, so their knowledge is in this book. So, Sri Guru Granth Sahib. Mm -hmm. Another book I would recommend is uh, Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also Autobiography of a Yogi. Yeah, that's also beautiful. It's a great book. What advice would you give to your 20 year old self? My 20 year old self, uh, <laughs> yeah, to, um. This, this um, knowledge or this um, whatever I am experiencing right now, um, I wish I was experiencing that time, you know, when I was 20. Nevertheless, um, for the 20 year old me, um, he was what he was and he was going through, you know, whatever he was going through. Um, I would I would uh, bring in more and more awareness to the 20 year old self. So you ask them to be more aware of what's happening yeah. instead of judging it or judging never helps. See, even God doesn't doesn't judge. We judge ourselves. We judge others. So judging never helps. You know what is that? Somebody doesn't like you. So what? So someone who is listening right now who has never done meditation, never done yoga, and who wants to start on their journey of like, you know, self-actualization or learning about oneself, what would be the best way they can get started? Sit with five minutes of uh, meditation, sit in silence. Any particular meditation? Um, give gratitude. Okay. Attitude, attitude of gratitude for all that we see. The beauty is if we can actually start, just sit and just think about how many things we have, how many beautiful experiences that we have gone through. Just giving gratitude for all the people that have come, helped us in our path, in our journey. Mm -hmm. See, uh, a, a, a millennial mm -hmm. uh, could gain so much with just you know, having gratitude mm -hmm. for all that you know they have received. Yeah. So, gratitude. Start with gratitude. Attitude. Attitude of gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Last question, what is your definition of courage? Definition of courage? Yeah, Catherine was asking me this earlier. My definition would actually face the fear. Totally. Full on. Like a warrior and the saint at the same time. Mm 
So this I got from Shri Guru Gobind Singh, the tenth Guru of Sikhism. He inspired me a lot to be a warrior and a saint at the same time. Really cool, but really like a warrior, alert, fully. If there is a warrior in in, in a way, you know, at that time Guru Gobind Singh was going through actual war, mm-hmm. you know. But what he man, what he means with this. There is a war inside. War means these five senses mm-hmm. are taking us all over the place. Just being aware, fully aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being facing the fear. So whatever uh, fear that we have, you know, instead of resisting it, instead of saying, "Oh, maybe some other day." No. Um, you can take baby steps. You don't have to like jump out of the. Mm-hmm. Playing at the same time. And build your own credibility by taking yeah. baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. And every person, every individual is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, whatever fear is there, you know, uh, fear of failure, fear of um, success, or fear of water, fear of heights, or fear of human beings, <laughs> whatever fears. So facing that. And I feel like sometimes when you want to do something but you're really scared of and you can't let that go, that's your intuition or your inner being saying like there is a great feeling or there is joy after you face that. So I think that's telling us to go towards that direction and most of the time we just run away and do the easy thing. Yes. So that's what staying with it. Now now the other uh, thing that plays role here is um, getting in tune with your body getting in tune with your breath and seeing where is this fear in my body where is it what is it doing is it in the heart is it in the stomach is it in gut feeling or whatever so stay with it actually experience it feel it yeah that's what i did in my meditation which i did few months ago passion mm-hmm. you just feel it and instead of reacting to it you just absorb it and yeah. then you realize it goes away and Absolutely. something else will come back but you are not that feeling or you are not that experience. You just let it go. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, I want to ask one more question. Any quote or mantra you live by? Yeah. Watch the watcher. Watch the watcher. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you. Same here. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast has added value in your life in any way, shape, or form, then please, please, please subscribe. Leave a comment on iTunes and let me know if you have any questions or if you want to collaborate at limitlessgrit at gmail.com and talk to you guys next week.